Good morning. Welcome to the Lord's service to us by way of his name, word, and with his very body and blood on this, the fourth Sunday in Advent. Pastor Berg, also known as Jovial John from his last sermon, is here this morning, but he's preaching this afternoon, uh, so we'll give him a little break because we have services this afternoon at 3, 5, and 10 p.m., so that was, will be Christmas Eve beginning at 3 p.m. So the festival services, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock, and then the Christmas Eve candlelight service is at 10 o'clock tonight. And then tomorrow morning is the Festival of the Nativity of Our Lord, Christmas Day at 10 a.m. So join us in the worship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This morning, Pastor Kristoviak is our guest preacher. We thank you for helping us out since everything kind of falls together this year. He's a member of Trinity. And actually, it's kind of interesting. On the fourth Sunday of Advent, we look to um, the angel's message to Mary that she would conceive and give birth to a son. Uh, and his name will be called Jesus. And then this afternoon, we celebrate his birth. So conception and birth today. The service is found on the panel of your bulletin. The best way to follow along is put your bulletin in the back of your hymnal and then simply go to the page indicated on the panel. So all the announcements I have, please stand and the bells will call us to worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Please kneel for confession and absolution. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come and help us by your might, that the sins which weigh us down may be quickly lifted up by your grace and mercy. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the fourth Sunday in Advent is from 2 Samuel chapter 7. Now when the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. At that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David. Thus says the Lord, Would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have, been, where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people, Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them, so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. This is the word of the Lord. Be Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The epistle is from Romans chapter 16. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. She was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the gospel of the Lord.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. When you're a young child, Advent is a season of pure excitement. How many days till Christmas? Let's count them down. Dad, how many cookies can I have after Christmas dinner? I wonder what might be waiting for me under the tree when I get home this evening or tomorrow morning when I wake up. When will we get to Oma's house? But the older you get, the more the season fades away from excitement and becomes a time of making plans. What gifts am I going to give to my children? When are we going to see family? What will we eat? But as you know, plans can often be fickle things. They might seem certain at one time, and the next, they're all gone to pot. How many of our lives have gone according to plan? They often don't. God usually has something else in mind for us, and if you have doubts about that, just ask the young woman in today's gospel lesson. Mary is a woman who has just crossed the threshold from childhood to adulthood, and exciting things are beginning to happen in her life. A local carpenter takes notice of her, and suddenly she finds herself engaged to be married. Her plan is to live a quiet life as a devoted wife and mother. Then strange and exciting things begin to happen to other people in her family. An angel visits Zechariah, her cousin Elizabeth's husband. He's a priest. She is old, and by many she's considered to be barren. And now she discovers that she is with child. Who could ever have imagined old Elizabeth having a child? Life now becomes too strange to believe for Mary. All of her plans for the future are tossed on the scrap heap. The angel Gabriel shows up with an unbelievable message. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Favored one? Mary hardly looked like a favored one. Certainly not more favored than the other young women who lived in Israel. Sure, she was a distant relative of King David. But what good was that to her now? She lived in a small, insignificant village, Nazareth. Well, those who know, well, they know. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? She was a poor young woman who didn't appear to have a lot going for her. Perhaps only she had a good man who wanted to marry her. And what of her plans now? The Lord has much bigger, better plans for Mary. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. 
Mary's son will be no ordinary boy. He will be the son of God. He will sit on the throne of King David, Israel's greatest king. But that throne isn't quite what we think. It will not be a regal seat of velvet and gold, but it will be a rugged Roman instrument of torture and death. And he will not so much sit there as he will hang there. On that throne, this son of Mary will fulfill all of God's promises and die for the sins of the world. Everyone who has ever lived and everyone who ever will, he died to take away your sins. Mary is quite understandably confused by the angel's message. How can this be, since I am a virgin? It's not an unreasonable thing to question. Virgins do not get pregnant and have babies. The angels answer, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. In Mary's womb, God's Son will take on human flesh. The Holy Spirit will put a baby there, but it will be no ordinary baby, but the Word made flesh. Martin Luther put it in his, puts it this way in his sermon on the Annunciation to Mary. He says, Today marks the day of our salvation, or the day our salvation began. As God's Son became man and the divine and human nature were united in one person. Today we celebrate this miracle, namely the bonding of God with man as the two natures, divine and human, are united never again to be separated. The Holy Spirit will put the word of God into Mary's womb. That word made flesh will grow into, in her womb into a baby until it is time for her to deliver the baby into the world. What interests me about this text is that after the angel leaves Mary, she is now pregnant and a remarkable thing has taken place. She has become the mother of God and in her womb resides the very Son of God. But if you had encountered Mary on the road that day, there's no way you would have been able to tell that such a remarkable change had taken place within her body. She was not at that moment, as Luke will later say, great with child. You would look at Mary and have no idea that the Son of God is in your presence. I wonder whether she even felt any different. Yet everything has changed for Mary and for the world and for you. This is often the way it goes with the Word of God. He gives us his word and we are loath to believe it. It appears so small and insignificant. It looks like nothing much great is happening. We would much rather see big things. We want the word of God to be impressive. We wish it would exude power that would drive away all doubts. But that's not the way it is with God and his word. Last week, we had a baptism here at Trinity at the late service. 
a sweet little girl was baptized right over there. Everything changed for her, but there was no way to see it. She came into the church, a child of the devil, dead in her sin, but she left as God's daughter, clothed in perfect righteousness and an heir of eternal salvation. But I sat a couple of rows behind her, and I tell you, she didn't look that much different before or after the baptism, only perhaps a little redness in the face from the crying at the waters being poured over her head. From all outward appearance, she was just the same afterwards as she was before, yet the word of God was put upon her, and everything changed for her, changed forever. She was marked with the holy cross of Jesus Christ, to mark her as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. God gives us still more ways which appear small and insignificant. Ordinary men are sent into the midst of this congregation and thousands upon thousands more throughout the world with these words of absolution. In the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But we doubt these words. The men who proclaim them look so ordinary. There is no mysterious voice from heaven sent to absolve you of your sins. And we reason, maybe if an angel came to declare these words, then, then we would be eager to believe. But a mere man? Simul Eustace et peccator, saint and sinner just like me? How? How can these things be? I have sinned so repeatedly and egregiously. Every time I promise, well, most of the time I promise to do better, and sometimes I really actually give it a try. But before long, I'm in the midst of the same sin over and over and over again. God gives us small words. He gives us even more. God in the flesh gives us his body to eat and his blood to drink, but it appears so small and insignificant. How can a bit of bread and a sip of wine do such a great thing? How can they forgive my sins and give me eternal life? Luther tells us in our catechism, certainly not just eating and drinking do these things, but the words written here given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. These words, along with the bodily eating and drinking, are the main thing in the sacrament. It is not the bread and wine alone, but the word of God, along with the bread and the wine, that does them. What is left for us to do then? We are constantly confronted with messages and words from God which are hard for us to believe. How does Mary respond? She finds herself facing an even more impossible message. The whole course of her life was changed in that moment. Nevertheless, in the midst of more questions than answers, what does she say? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary lets God's word have its way in her life. She does not resist the angel's message, but embraces it. 
as the Word of God continues to have its way in her life, it becomes more and more obvious that just what the angel said was true. Because in time, she was pregnant and remained a virgin, and as that baby grew and grew, it became more and more obvious. And as the Word made flesh grew outside of her womb, it became more and more obvious who he was. For nobody could preach or teach or heal like him. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we have much to learn from Mary. We submit ourselves to this same confession. We acknowledge that God is God and we are not. And his word is what defines reality. Not our own reason or senses or desires or wishes. He says it and it happens. When the angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she would conceive the Son of God, she became with child in that moment. When God says to you, I forgive you, you are forgiven. When he said to you at your baptism, this is my child whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. At that moment, you became and remain God's child, righteous and pleasing in his sight, and nobody can take that away from you. When our Lord Jesus says, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. That is exactly what he gives you. Do not doubt, but believe. Let the word of God have its way in your life. Well, dear friends in Christ, there are two things left for you to do. First, As St. Paul instructs the Colossian Christians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, even as you are here now letting that word dwell in you. As you hear this word more and more, it will have its way in your life. And second, we say along with Mary, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord to life everlasting. Amen. Amen. We continue with the prayer of the church. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord our God, nothing is impossible with you. Grant us faith to believe your word and follow the example of your servant Mary to receive the miraculous gift of your Son, our Emmanuel, Lord, in your mercy. Eternal God, your word has been sent forth into the world to the joy and edification of your holy people. Encourage, comfort, and strengthen all who hear it. Grant faith to those who do not know you, both here and abroad, that all peoples may sing to your name and extol your goodness. We thank you this day for the work of Crystal Miske, our church office assistant, and ask your your blessing on all church workers and those preparing for church work, including Ruth, James, Luke, and Harvey, that they may faithfully bring your word into the hearts and lives of others. By the power of the Holy Spirit, fill all who hear your word with joy and peace and believing. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, our God, bless Matthew, our synod president, John, our district president, Alan, our circuit visitor, and our pastors here. 
that like the angel Gabriel, they may faith, be faithful messengers of your good news. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord our God, let your favor rest upon all pregnant women and mothers of young children, that they may rejoice in the blessing of new life you give. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of lords, by the reign of your Son, you govern all things in heaven and on earth. Raise up true Davids among us to govern our land in faithfulness and in humble strength to do your will. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, our God, uphold especially Carl Iago, who is undergoing unexpected surgery this morning. Behold Kathy, Gary, and Sharon, who are recovering after surgeries. Carter and Owen, premature newborn twins of Trenton and Julia, who are hospitalized. The victims of the war in the Middle East and Ukraine. Renee in rehabilitation after surgery. Bart for continued management of his illness. Lisa, Charles, Carl, Emmy, Tim, Benjamin, Bernadette, Sue, Jennifer, Sharon, Doris, Timothy, Ronald, John, and Mary, who are all in treatment for cancer. Also behold the Velders community after a tragic death of a high school student. And the families of Harold Holt and Martin Lures, who we remember today, and indeed all who suffer in mind or body. Give them the knowledge of Christ, their Emmanuel, who is with them in their trials. Grant them health and healing and comfort in accord with your perfect will. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord our God, give us joy that as surely as your Son was conceived in blessed Mary at your word, so he comes to abide in us also at your word in the blessed sacrament. Lord, in your mercy. O God, you make us glad with the yearly remembrance of the birth of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that as we joyfully receive him as our Redeemer, we may with sure confidence behold him when he comes to be our judge. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated for the offering and for the signing of the Friendship Register.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly a good right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, whose way John the Baptist prepared, proclaiming him the promised Messiah, the very Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, calling sinners to repentance that they might escape from the wrath to be revealed when he comes again in glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us to do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. 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 Amen.
the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.